So many teachers to coach, but so little time. A simple coaching cycle might consist of a five-minute pre-conference, a 30-minute observation, 10-minute post-conference, and maybe 30 minutes of professional development. Now, most APs don't have 75 minutes to invest in a single coaching cycle. But what if there was a form of coaching that would allow you to do 15 coaching sessions in the same amount of time as a traditional coaching cycle? You could support 15 teachers instead of one, or work with three teachers five different times. In a world that moves so quickly, 75-minute coaching may not make sense. But five-minute coaching most certainly does. Hello, colleagues, and welcome to the Assistant Principal Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Frederick Buskey. We are all on a leadership journey. Every day, we have a chance to grow. Every day, we have a chance to help others grow. My goal and the goal of this podcast is to help you grow into being a strategic leader, a leader who puts people before purpose, who solves problems instead of treating symptoms, and who understands the difference between progress and action. Through this podcast, my daily email and virtual programs, I'm working to build a network of inspired and inspiring school leaders. Let's get started on today's adventure and this unique opportunity to learn to live and lead better. As always, let's begin with celebrations and I'm celebrating that it is early March and I ate a salad from greens raised in my greenhouse. If you've been following me for a couple years, you know I've been doing a big greenhouse project and every success needs to be celebrated. This is an incremental step because I didn't produce enough greens to feed me all winter long, but I had greens that survived a week of 14 degree weather and still have lettuce and kale and some fun stuff coming up. So. It's not enough to live on, but it is an incremental step and I am certainly celebrating because fresh grown lettuce in March is awesome. So today we're talking about coaching and coaching is one of the cornerstones of all of that group of things that we put under the umbrella of instructional leadership. And it poses particular problems to assistant principals. First, as noted in the introduction, coaching can be really time consuming. And even if you've made that transition from time management to priority management, time is always going to be a challenge. And finding 75 minutes to work with a single teacher can be a real challenge. Additionally, the truth is that many schools don't really place value on assistant principals being instructional leaders. And that means that the expectations are low for the impact that you can have on teachers, as well as the resources to support that impact. And so the possibility or likelihood that you are going to get big chunks of time that someone else is going to cover emergencies, air quotes, is pretty low. And yet you still need to be developing your instructional leadership skills. So what are we to do? I view coaching as occurring in three different ways. So the first one is coaching with a capital C, and that's the full cycle where we work with the teacher to identify a problem and a clear goal. We do observations, we collect data, we debrief that data, and then we provide professional development and then go back and start again. So there's, 
the whole coaching cycle thing. There's also coaching with a little c, and that's where I observe or see a teacher do something, I provide some feedback, but it's kind of a one-off and likely not to be followed, I'm likely not going to follow it up with any substantive professional development. Unfortunately, I think this is the fault of where many assistant principals go when they can't do the capital C coaching. We do that because we feel like we're somehow adding value by doing a small observation and offering a specific piece of feedback. But I'm going to argue that that coaching with a small C is largely a waste of time and it's a waste of attention. And it distracts both you and teachers away from issues that are more important. Instead of doing coaching with a little C, what we should be doing is that third form of coaching, which is five-minute coaching. Five-minute coaching just involves asking three powerful reflective coachings sandwiched between an introduction and a conclusion. So the three powerful questions are, what else went well? Were there any surprises? Is there anything you would do differently? What's absolutely critical to understand about five-minute coaching is that the power of five-minute coaching rests in helping teachers develop their own abilities to reflect on their lessons and by being fully present for them, which communicates that you value them and you value their expertise as teachers. So again, five-minute coaching isn't about you actually giving advice or coaching somebody. It is really creating the space for them to reflect on their teaching and in that process for them to realize that you really do care about them and you care about their teaching. That's all five-minute coaching is designed to do. But just think, if your teachers were better at reflecting on their own teaching and if they knew that you cared deeply about them and their abilities, just that, just those two things, wouldn't that make a significant improvement in your building? So I was out in schools a couple weeks ago and recorded two five-minute coaching sessions. So we're going to play each one and then do a quick breakdown and then we'll wrap this up. But I want you to hear what a real five-minute coaching session looks like. So this first one is with a teacher, Ashley Rose, and the entire session actually lasted three minutes and 26 seconds. So let's give a listen. All right, so we're at Sand Hills Middle School, and can you introduce yourself briefly and tell the audience who you are and what you do? Hi, I'm Ashley Rose, and I teach ELA for eighth grade at Sand Hills Middle School. Awesome, thank you. This is you. my fifth year teaching. Yes, and um, so we've not, we maybe met before one mm -hmm. time, I think I did a workshop, but we haven't interacted a lot. Right? right. Okay, so I just came in and said, hey, would you do this with me? Yes. Okay, all right. <laughs> so. I did get to see a little bit of your lesson and you had the students breaking in. Uh, they just chosen books and we're starting a book club. Mm -hmm. So that was really exciting to see. Can you tell me what you thought went well in the lesson today? The last class I had with them, I had them do what I called blind date with a book. And I gave them very brief, very, very vague descriptions of what the books were about. And I said, rank your books. I'll make sure you get either your first, second, or third choice. And throughout the day today, 
and yesterday, because we do two-hour lessons with two classes a day, I was able to give students books, and they looked at the books, they looked over them, and I think, honestly, that was my favorite part, was giving them the books, because I only had, out of all 94-ish students that I teach, one student who was, un two students who were unhappy with their books. Wow. Wow. Were there any surprises? Yes. So, some of them, I thought would be very opposed to some of the larger books that we had. Um, but I think because I gave them that idea, that idea of choice ahead of time, there wasn't as much complaining because I, some of the books were like that thick, about maybe an inch or so, maybe inch and a half, and then some of them were half an inch. Mm -hmm. And I didn't really get any complaints about length because they had chosen it themselves. So that was, one of the surprises I found, the other surprise was that they were really engaged with looking at what book clubs are. So the whole lesson today was what is a book club? And I was very surprised with how engaged they were with critiquing and also complimenting the book club videos that we found. That sounds exciting. Mm -hmm. So looking back on it, is there anything that you would do differently next time? I think I would make them, well, ask them to uh, have more of a writing component. Because the way I did it this time was just having them listing qualities. I think I would want them to brainstorm a little bit about what a book club is and what it should look like, what it should sound like beforehand, a little bit more. Can, can you say just a little more about that? So we talked a lot about after watching a book club happened. We talked a lot about what that looks like and what it should look like, but I want to know, I think I would want to know a little bit like what previous experience would they have had with a book club? Have they heard of a book club before? We didn't really talk about, is this something you're familiar with? They just kind of jumped in and said, Hey, this is something we're going to do. Okay. Wow. Thank you so much. <laughs> I appreciate it. Thank you. I appreciate it. So I want to point out a couple things with Ashley Rose. First, on that question, when I asked what went well, think about how she celebrated. She was really excited and enthused to tell me what had gone well. And absent the five-minute coaching, when would she have actually been able to celebrate that win that she had teaching? So again, just by giving her that space, the opportunity to celebrate something, that's a powerful gift. You also learn during that celebration of a strength that she has, a skill, and maybe a teaching practice that might be able to be used as a resource for someone else at some point. In the surprise question, notice how she connected something that she did with a specific outcome. So she talked about creating choice with the students and the impact of that was that they weren't focused on book length, they were just focused on the book that they had chosen. And it's really powerful whenever we can get teachers to identify a specific thing that they did and link that thing to an outcome because that reinforces the positive teaching practice and makes it more likely that they'll engage in it again. I also asked a follow-up question there, and you need to be very careful and do this very sparingly because, again, there are three questions. What went well? Were there any surprises? Is there anything you'd do differently? 
but you can, if you want the, the teacher or the person to follow up a little bit more deeply, to, to reflect more deeply, you can say something like, tell me more or, and why do you think that is? So those are allowed, but use them sparingly because you don't want, again, this is about them being in control of the discussion and the reflection, not you. For that third question about what would you do differently, just note how she's making connections. She's making connections with what she did and already thinking about how she can do it better the next time. But I also want to point out, while Ashley Rose was very reflective and gave great answers to the surprise and what might you do differently, nothing is also an appropriate answer. And so don't be surprised if we ask a teacher, what would you do or what what surprised you? And they say, well, there weren't any. And would you do anything differently? No, that's okay. That's fine. We're just creating the opportunity for them to reflect. We're not forcing them to reflect. Also in reflecting on Ashley Rose's five minute coaching session, just think there is nothing I could have added to that reflection that would have added value. In fact, anything I said would have distracted her from her own reflection on her own practice and would have decreased the power of that reflection. So again, the value in five-minute coaching is creating space for the teacher to reflect and for the teacher to feel valued and important because you are giving them 100% of your attention, 100% of your presence. Finally, I want to point out, I had no relationship with Ashley Rose. I think I had, she was in a workshop that I had done for two hours at the beginning of the school year, but we had no personal interaction. So think about how this whole five minute coaching thing might have gone differently if I had been her assistant principal, right? If we can have the results with strangers, we can see a reflection of that power. What happens when we add the relationship component to it. Okay, now let's listen to Trisha Christ. And this coaching session was four minutes and 40 seconds when you take away the introduction. Okay, so let's just um, talk a little bit, tell, tell people who you are. Okay. And then we'll talk about what we just did. And okay. then we'll do a five minute coaching session. Awesome. All right. So my name is uh, Trisha Christ. I'm an assistant principal at Sand Hills Elementary School in Lexington School District 4. And we serve third and fourth graders at the school I work at. And you're in about your fifth year. Yes. Right. Although yes, none of us know how to count that because <laughs> do we subtract the one and a half years of COVID or right. does count? Right. I always get stumped on that question. So, so we just were able to walk through and walk mm -hmm. through um, a lot of classrooms. And I just want to model a simple five-minute coaching session. Mm -hmm. We use it a lot with teachers about their lessons, but we can also use it as self-reflection tools for ourselves and for Absolutely. other school leaders. So what did you see that you thought was going really well as we worked through those classrooms? Well, gosh, I will say um, two things. One, personally, I... Um, had expressed to you that I was having a hard time just stopping the day-to-day -day grind and just going into classrooms for walkthroughs and you basically forced me to do that today um, in the best way possible um, by just saying come on let's go let's go observe classrooms and guess what everything else waited in the building mm. and I, I didn't you know you're not always sure that that's going to happen and you kind of doubt that that's going to happen but that's exactly what happened. So I got into classrooms. So um, personally, that was something that, that came out of um, those observations. 
Um, secondly, though, from an instructional standpoint, I will say that um, we've been working really hard uh, with our teachers on um, making sure that they're posting learning intentions and success criteria, and I saw that in a lot of classrooms. So that was a, a great outcome to have um, real-time data and proof of to be seeing in action. Yeah, oh, that's all good news. So did you see anything that surprised you? Hmm. I will say that um, there are a few students that um, I'm working with teachers, um, you know, specific students on you know disciplinary needs or behavioral needs or engagement needs, and to see them, um, you know, in the classroom and how the teacher is interacting with them is, was really interesting. Um, some of it was matching up with what the teacher was sharing with me, and some of it, you know, validating it, and some of it was. Um, me being able to kind of look at it through a different lens and hopefully be able to provide some support to that teacher going forward. Can you say a little bit more about that? Um, sure. So uh, what one particular student, um, the teacher just had sent me an email about them this morning saying that they, you know, kind of have started to notice an increase in some um, disruptive behaviors, off task, distracting, you know, other students and, and her lessons in the classroom. And so when we went into that classroom just now, he was the first one I saw when I walked in because he was the one out of his seat and he was actually behind her blowing um, in someone else's face. And he immediately looked at me and I made eye contact with him and he sat right down. And I had never seen that behavior from that student before. And it real so it was surprising to me because it put into perspective that sometimes, um, you know, we, we do get into the daily things that we need to get done. Um, and I, this, this did go unnoticed on my part for a while, even though this teacher was struggling with this particular student. So it's kind of making me reflect on how could I have been more proactive. Um, I don't, I don't, you can't always know ahead of time when things are going to kind of um, increase in intensity, but maybe if I were, um, had checked in with that teacher about that particular student sooner, we could have been a little bit more proactive. Yeah, wow. And so trying to think about how to frame this next question, which is, would you, is there anything that you would do differently? And this was kind of a one-off mm -hmm. experience. I guess we can think about in terms of your, your daily practices based on what we just did today. Is there anything that you see that you might do differently in your daily practice? Let's see, um, I definitely, for me personally, like with my scheduling, I, I know, and. I know I need to be better about getting into classrooms and doing those walkthroughs. And every time I go in to do those observations, I feel great when I come out of them. I feel energized. I feel like this is my purpose for being here. I, I love being around the kids. I love being around the, um, the instruction, the teachers. You know, I feed off of that energy. So that's very validating. Um, so, you know, of course, next steps. And this is always a consistent goal, get into classrooms more. Um, for, you know, furthermore from that, I, I will say that um, kind of like what I had mentioned before with that particular teacher is um, just knowing that I, I probably do need to be a little bit more proactive with her um, and also looking at her, the particular concern that she contacted me about. I didn't think it was a very big deal this morning, but now after observing in the classroom, it's a big deal and, yeah. and, and I need to support her through it. So that's a big takeaway. Awesome. Thank you. Yes. Thank Thanks. you. I appreciate it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. As with Ashley Rose, just asking the question 
allowed Trisha to anchor her own learning and increase the likelihood that she'll repeat the behaviors that led to success. She knows she needs to get out more. She knows that getting in the classrooms makes her feel better and providing the space for her to vocalize that is going to increase the likelihood that she continues to get out into classrooms. When I ask the surprise question, note the really long pause because she's thinking deeply. And again, that is part of the power of five minute coaching is creating that, spa that space for professionals to reflect deeply on their practice. And coming from that surprise question, she identifies a lesson for herself that she wants to apply more broadly regarding how she responds to teachers' complaints about misbehavior. And again, this is something she's coming to by herself, which makes it much more powerful than if I had suggested it to her. On the do differently question, that can be phrased as what would you have done differently or would you have done anything differently or would you do anything differently next time? So we can phrase that as either past experience or in the future. Also note in this five minute coaching session with Trisha that there are several things that I could come back to later. And while I don't want to talk or add anything during a five minute coaching session, it is fine to circle back a couple days later, a couple weeks later and, and talk about things again. And she talked about, it's always a goal to get out in classrooms, but it's such a struggle. So, and, and she talked about how good it makes her feel. So I can circle back to that in a week or in two weeks and say, Hey, remember when we had that conversation and you told me this, how's that going? So revisiting is great, but in the immediacy, the real gift is listening. So when are good times to do five minute coaching? Well, after you walk through a classroom or after you overhear a kid talking about they, that they had a great lesson, they had fun in class. You can catch teachers before classes start. You can catch teachers between classes. You can catch them at the end of the day. So this is a really highly flexible way to coach teachers. The, the three keys that I want you to take away from this first five minute coaching should be informal. So it should be an informal setting. It's really works best when you're standing at the door of the teacher's classroom or maybe standing, just walk in their classroom, have that conversation while you're standing. So it doesn't feel so formal or maybe even walking down the hallway. Key two is be quiet, ask the questions and just be quiet. And then the third key is to be transparent, right? Five minute coaching is to help them grow in their reflection and to help you become a better listener. And it's fine to be transparent about that, about what you're trying to do. And if you haven't done any five minute coaching at all, if you've had minimal interaction with teachers that in your building, then you might actually want to lead with that transparency and say, Hey, I've been exposed to a new technique that I'm trying out. It's designed to help create space for you to to reflect and for me to become a listener. So I'm just going to ask you three questions. I'm not giving any feedback. I'm just trying to do this to help you grow, but to help me also learn on my listening skills. So if you've never done five minute coaching and you're a little bit nervous about it, just be transparent. 
teachers will appreciate, they will appreciate the opportunity to talk about their teaching and to know that you are actually listening to them, not waiting for your turn to tell them what you think about their teaching. Now, I've been preaching five-minute coaching for three, four years now, and I know there are people that listen and they think it's a good idea, but they just, they don't do it. And so I, I was thinking, why? Why? What are the barriers to doing five-minute coaching? It's five minutes, or in Ashley's case, it was three minutes and 40 seconds. So I think there's three barriers. One is that we doubt that five minutes can actually be valuable. And that's why I really wanted to play two real sessions, because I think you heard in both of those sessions, both of which were under five minutes, that the person that was being coached received some value from that session and that I, as a coach, received valuable information out of that session. So five-minute coaching works. It's valuable, even though it's only about five minutes long. Another barrier to five-minute coaching is it requires intentionality. So I need to be actively looking for opportunities to coach people. I need to be listening for opportunities to coach people. That means that I can't be on my phone checking my email as I'm walking down the hall. I have to look for opportunities to engage with people. But again, I see that as being a strength of five-minute coaching because it gets us away from a task orientation and brings us more into a people orientation. In other words, moving from an urgent leader to a strategic leader. The final barrier is, I think, having trusting the idea that our silence and the space we create with our silence and our attention is more valuable than our words. And I guess I just have to ask you to trust in that. Well, no, I don't have to ask you to trust. You just heard two examples. So that would be my final plea to you, I think, to engage in five-minute coaching and trust based on the evidence you just heard that by you creating silence, creating space for your teacher, that's more valuable than anything you could say to them in a five-minute span. So as we wrap this up, I have a challenge for you this week. Go do three, three five-minute coaching sessions. You're probably listening to this on Tuesday afternoon or maybe Wednesday on your way into school. So for the next three days, do one five-minute coaching session, three this week, and pay attention to how teachers respond and to how you feel at the end of it. I'll also include a link to a download on five-minute coaching on my website. So if you want to read a little bit more about the prompts and, and why we set them up a certain way, go to my website, frederickbuskey.com, and go to the assistant principal podcast show link, and I'll have it there on that page. Another thing I would love for you to do is to share with me how this goes. If you do three five-minute coaching sessions. I would love to hear about your experience. Please consider just sending off a quick email, letting me know what happened, or even better, record an audio on your phone and just email that file to me at frederick at frederickbuskey.com. It really means a lot to me to hear how people are applying what they're hearing in the podcast. 
Thank you for including me on your leadership journey. And remember that you can walk more with me by subscribing to my daily leadership email at my website at frederickbuskey.com. I look forward to seeing you again on Friday when we recap this week's daily emails. I'm Frederick Buskey, and thank you again for joining me on this episode of the Assistant Principal Podcast. Remember to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. Cheers.